Hey there, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Wagner Dos Santos, and this is Wagner Live. In this episode, I will be giving you an update on the top marketing news during the week of September 26th. I have updates on digital advertising, artificial intelligence, Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, and more. Now let's, uh, let's go ahead and get started. So I would like to start off with um, an article that I saw that referenced the six signs you aren't cut out to be an entrepreneur. So there, there's a few reasons why I wanted to start with that in the program today. One is because I have recently returned to entrepreneurship. So yay, round of applause for me. Um, I've learned a lot over the years. I've been an entrepreneur for a large percentage of my business career and have run approximately three different companies since the age of 17. And I learned that I learned a lot of things. <laughs> one of the one of the things that I learned is that I was probably most cut out to be an entrepreneur. And uh, and another probably another big lesson was that a lot of people are not cut out to be entrepreneurs or business owners, especially when it comes to managing people. And that's what makes it probably the most difficult for those of us considering entrepreneurship is the fact that are we willing to take the uh, reward against the risk as a result of being in an environment where you don't feel valued, you don't feel that you are working with someone that has a, a true team vision, but it's really a vision of one, the owner. And a lot of those reasons are very good reasons for someone to go out on their own. However, it's not for everybody. And uh, one would say it's not for the faint of heart. So um, I'm going to go ahead and give you the six signs you aren't cut out to be an entrepreneur. Number one, you prefer following orders. So yes, there are some people that prefer to be a soldier and follow those orders, not having to think for themselves and just do what somebody else tells them to do. And you know what? If that's what you want, no problem at all. Um, you don't have to be an entrepreneur. You can go ahead and there are plenty of people that want to tell you what to do all day long. Um, so number two, you prefer working to fulfill someone else's dream. That's a big one. That's a real big one. And that's that's one that it's taken me time to to understand because I'm such a team player. I in the companies that I've started, including this uh, new agency that I just started, uh, we had our first week this past week, and we're going on to our second week. I, I really enjoy and I thrive having uh, team participation and collaboration. So I don't, uh, I don't enjoy just having a lot of other people come in and fulfill my dream. I want it to be a unified dream. But that's me, and that's not necessarily everybody, unfortunately. But 
I do, of course, understand that I do have an overarching vision and dream that is driving the uh, the focus of the company, but it it ends up being um, a unified effort of everyone that's involved. But there are some business owners that they bring you on to fulfill their dream and their dream alone, and some people prefer to do that. So uh, then you're not cut out to be an entrepreneur. Number three, you don't like hard work. Some people don't. Some people just want to check in, check out, uh, punch in, punch out. And, um, well, you know, to be fair, you could be punching in and punching out and it could be hard work. Um, but uh, some people um, just really want to just go through the motions and do do their time, if you will, and then be done. Uh, number four, you get along great with everyone in your life. <laughs> Um, I thought that was kind of an interesting one that was thrown in there. So if you get along great with everyone in your life, you're not cut out to be an entrepreneur, I guess. Um, number five, you see everything in the world as being just fine. All right. This one I think is a big one because a lot of entrepreneurs out there, especially your tech disruptors are those that don't feel that everything in the world is just fine. So they want to go out there and make a better world. And they have the drive and the motivation to create something that will do that. And number six, last but not least, you feel very mainstream and you love it. Um, I have never felt very mainstream. So I don't know what that feels like, but there are some people that are very mainstream. They love it and um, they just want to play it safe. So those are the six signs you aren't cut out to be an entrepreneur. And suffice it to say that neither one of those six applies to me. So anyway, that's my little uh, fun celebration of the fact that I am uh, back out on my own with an agency uh, named Wagner. Go figure. So the agency is called Wagner. It's wagneragency.us if you want to learn more. And uh, and it complements really nicely to this show, Wagner Live. And, uh, and you know what? It happens to be my first name. So I think it complements that pretty well as well. So let's um, let's go ahead and um, we're going to get started with, uh, I want to talk about Yelp. So Yelp, um, there was an article out there on uh, uh, Business Insider about uh, Yelp's New York office. And um, there are about 4,000 employees around the world. And they're a $3 billion company, if you didn't know. And they offer some pretty interesting perks. Now, it's, uh, a look into their office in New York City and it's replete with uh, foosball tables, karaoke machines, beer kegs, free snacks, um, all those kind of things. And, of course, the uh, stereotypical open floor plan, right, which, uh, which I'll tell you, I, I – um, Everybody has been following in that footstep of let's uh, let's take out the ceiling tiles, let's uh, gut out everything, expose the ducts, and make it kind of industrial, and let's open up the space. There's so many companies that are just following that, and and um, and I think that it's it it works maybe for some, doesn't always work for others. Some people feel very distracted in such an open, noisy space. Um, some people that uh, seriously have uh, ADD or ADHD 
um, that causes a lot of problems. And for many of us in the creative space, it seems that many of us suffer from some kind of uh, attention uh, deficit disorder. So that, that aside, um, it's kind of interesting. You want to take a, a look online to see what the office looks like. They have a cafe that's kind of built right in to the office space. So uh, almost very much like a, like what you would see in a food court. So it's uh it, it's kind of kind kind of neat, you know. Um, and I see my my buddy uh, Jay Massey was uh, commenting here that uh, the this open floor space uh, concept is so ten years ago, and uh, I, I I would say that he's right that those that are they're following that now are are really kind of late in the game. But nonetheless, everybody wants to have it seems this kind of Google esque office space and uh, Yelp certainly has created something similar like this. Um, but yeah, they have a Yelp cafe um, that I'm looking at here on the site and um, they have a, a karaoke machine uh, set up. They have different areas to just kind of hang out and congregate or watch a live performance from some band that they might invite to, uh, to come in. Um, you know, just uh, very communal, and uh, I think that the concept in, in over the years has been create a fun environment so that people will want to stay. And especially with a lot of the Silicon Valley, um, the the different Silicon Valley campuses, they were situated or are situated in areas that you need to drive to. So the idea was. How do we create enough for them to stay on campus until it's time for them to go home? Because if they have to leave to go to lunch or leave to do something else between uh, traffic and, and just general drive time, um, they're going to take a big chunk out of their day. So why don't, you know, so it, it seems like they created this fun environment for their employees. And in some, uh, to some extent they did, but it really has a very self-serving aspect to it. Um, so that's uh that's my Yelp story for today. If you want to take a look, um, take a take a look um, online, and you'll you'll see uh, Yelp's new uh, New York office. So, did you hear this? Consumers continue to increase their time spent consuming digital media, while advertisers continue to increase their ad budgets into digital channels. Now, it's nothing new for me to announce that. Digital media is growing and it's growing at a rapid pace. Um, but it's interesting that uh, the US digital advertising industry uh, continues to experience such remarkable growth and, um, and it expects to reach probably uh, around 100 billion in annual revenue uh, through uh, into 2021. And this is driven primarily by the sustained migration of ad dollars from traditional TV to digital video and the continued increase of social spending. Now, a recent report from IAB, which uh, is the Interactive uh, Advertisers uh, Advertising Bureau, if I'm not mistaken, um, they say that U.S. digital ad revenue is expected to reach nearly 100 billion by 2021, as I mentioned, and that represents a compound annual growth of 8% from the 68.9 billion expected in 2016. 
Now, mobile is positioned to become the top destination for digital ad spending. The uh, growth when we look at the charts are incredible in terms of um, how much consumption of advertising is coming through digital devices. Not surprising, of course, because our society is so tethered to their mobile devices, be it smartphones and tablets. Um, Social advertising in all formats is uh, uh, is gaining traction, and uh, we are seeing ad revenue poised to climb to 30.8 billion by 2021, and that's up from 15.5 billion this year. And what's uh, interesting to me, and we'll talk a little bit about um, artificial intelligence moving forward, but artificial intelligence, augmented and virtual reality. Sponsored content are um, are signaled to help propel further digital ad growth in the next decade. There are some really interesting advancements that we're seeing in how this these type of technology uh, elements are being brought into the digital media and advertising space. And we'll get get into artificial intelligence a little bit later. Um, native advertising. Now, native advertising are those ads that you see that. Um, flow within the content. They are not interruptive, at least they're not supposed to be interruptive, and they're supposed to look like it's the it's a continuation of the content that you're consuming. I've had mixed feelings about native advertising. I think many others have as well, that um, native advertising sometimes is um, is trying to trick the the reader or the uh, consumer of content into believing that it's content that they're receiving, that it's it's organic content rather, uh, rather than paid or sponsored advertising. Um, however, when done well, um, it's very effective. And we can't ignore that, that um, native advertising has been significantly on the rise and, uh, and it has um, and continues to have higher levels of engagement than traditional ads. And um, the study from IAB shows that 74% of all rad, uh, ad revenue um, will, will be driven by native advertising uh, by 2021. And, you know, when we talk about that kind of advertising, we're including digital display, uh, banners, rich media, sponsorship, and video ads. Um, now, video ads, of course, um, being the, uh, the really big one where we're seeing uh, TV dollars, broadcast dollars being pulled away to, uh, to move into, into video. So expect to continue to see growth in that area. Now, uh, moving on to Spotify. Spotify is an advanced talks to buy SoundCloud, in case you haven't heard. And um, Spotify was last valued at $8.5 billion in June of 2015, uh, according to the Wall Street Journal. So that's, um, that's a big one. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if that comes through and what that's going to mean for, um, for a lot of audio content, not just music, but SoundCloud for those that podcast, such as myself, it has become a platform for podcasters to host their audio content. So uh, it'll be interesting what that means with Spotify and podcasting, if there's going to be some uh, significant integration there. Um, also, I found this interesting. Did you know that men 
are more likely to complain about ads than women. Um, so the Advertising Standards Authority found that 56% of the 25,647 complaints it received last year were for men, according to The Guardian. Um, just a, you know, did you know? Um, but here's another interesting did you know. For those of you that, like myself, that use Slack, which uh, is, a, um, um, is a communication, um, somewhat of a project management, but a communication platform that many companies are utilizing internally and with clients, that Slack is actually an acronym. And it's an acronym for Searchable Log of All Conversation and Knowledge. All right, so if someone um, asks you or if you just want to seem really smart um, Monday morning in your coffee chatter, uh, just let them know that, did you know that Slack is an acronym for searchable log of all conversation and knowledge? Hello, where did you go? Um, all right, so uh, Facebook. Um, Facebook's new thing, um, well, not so new, but Messenger, uh, their messenger platform is uh, something that they're focused very heavily on further development. And we've heard in recent news about um, how they are improving the uh, development of bots into messenger so that the messenger application can make certain predictions based on the conversation that's happening. They also are creating now a Snapchat-like service and they're calling it Messenger Day. And it's currently in test mode internationally. So uh, Messenger Day is uh, gonna be Facebook's answer to Snapchat. It wasn't enough for them to uh, dive into stories with Instagram, uh, but now they're trying to go all out with their Messenger app. Um, Apple. So, uh, hey, Kendra. Um, so the um, sorry guys, I, I saw seeing friends in the uh, in the Facebook feed and uh, want to say hello. So shout out to, to all you guys, by the way. So I see Pat's on there, Jay Massey, Kendra, uh, my buddy Carlos there, uh, Andy, Andy's there, um, Ash is there. Um, wow, it's 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 a party. All right, guys. Um, so sorry, I I. Uh, lost my flow there for a second, but Apple, um, more, more people uh, intend to purchase AirPods over the Apple II, Apple Watch II, sorry. And uh, that's, a, uh, that's 12% versus 8%. So 12% of those studied said that they would uh, prefer to purchase the AirPods and only 8% um, said that they would be interested in purchasing Apple Watch 2. Now, that may sound interesting that more intend to purchase AirPods over Apple Watch 2, but um, these numbers are even more interesting that about 88% said they will not purchase AirPods and 92% won't purchase Apple Watch 2. I am probably one of those with my original Apple Watch. I haven't seen um, enough of a breakthrough and in innovation with the watch two in order to purchase it. So I'm going to stick with my, uh, fairly pricey Apple watch original that I purchased. So, um, yeah, 
So I think I, there's that. Um, <laughs> so my friend Pat uh, was talking about uh, Facebook's messenger that it should be messy day. Um, I think that's kind of funny. <laughs> Sometimes we have a messy day. Um, so also, um, also in Apple news, uh, I don't know if you guys heard, but um, Apple is believed to be working on a version of the MacBook Pro with a second touch sensitive screen that sits above the keyboard and it might launch as soon as next month. So be on the lookout and also in quote unquote secret development is the iPhone 8 and apparently the iPhone 8 hardware is being again quote unquote secretly uh, being created in Israel. So I think we've um, we've blown the the secret out of the water now. So um, so I told you I was going to talk about artificial intelligence. So IBM's um, uh, IBM's Watson um, platform now they have made so many great developments with Watson and are really advancing how the Watson API interacts with other brands, products, service, and so forth. Now, their, um, their uh, IBM's owned uh, weather company, the weather company, is rolling out a voice and display advertising campaign, and it will, it will be powered by its AI supercomputer, Watson. And, um, and so they have also, as I said, created this um, API for uh, advertisers such as Campbell's Soup, and uh, allowing uh, people like Campbell Soup to create personalized ads based on a user's location, uh, the weather in their area, and the ingredients they want to cook. Um, and it's just amazing to, um, there's so much that um, I read about the development of AI with advertising. And it's it's groundbreaking. It, it really is, and I, I don't I don't say that lightly. That there is so much more of an ability with um, very well executed AI to be extremely hyper targeted to the audience. Um, you know, one of the things that um, I didn't I, I didn't feel like reporting today was with respect to ad blocking. It's in the news almost every day. Google, Facebook. Many, uh, many others are fighting ad blocking um, aggressively. And I've said before in my show that I am not as concerned about ad blocking as I am um, ad quality and ad content. The reason why ad blocking exists is because advertisers, um, marketers have grown complacent. Uh, I, 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 I hate to say that they've been somewhat lazy and they have not really been thinking about how to micro target the audience that really cares about the message. And with artificial intelligence, the breakthroughs that we're seeing right now are incredible in that it will allow advertisers, if they use these tools, to uh, very carefully craft messaging very specific to their audience, but not even having to. Um, let me correct that a little bit, not even having to create uh, or pre-create content for their audience, but allow the, the AI mechanism and, and computer to predict and to have a dialogue and conversation with an advertiser and figure out what the, um, I'm sorry, with the consumer and figure out what the consumer is looking for 
um, beyond what maybe the advertiser had even forecasted. So it takes us to a whole nother level of being able to really cater to the audience. Um, so I, I really think it's groundbreaking. Um, I think that we should be talking more about that and less about ad blocking because ad blocking is um, the, the the prominence of ad blocking is a result of uh, consumers having enough of advertising that's interrupting them and it's not relevant to them. I think AI is the answer. So I'll be very curious to see how that develops further. Um, last but not least, uh, talking about Snapchat, big news is that Snapchat is now Snap Inc. So um, much like Google um, creating Alphabet, Snapchat created Snap Inc. so that they could have an umbrella company that can produce more products, um, both software and hardware related, that are not limited just to the Snapchat platform. And one of those items that we're seeing um, are uh, their spectacles. And uh, apparently they've hired some people from Motorola that are working on spectacles. And this is uh, these are these glasses, uh, their answer to uh, Google's goggles, uh, or I'm sorry, uh, their uh, Google Glass. Um, Google's had had quite a few products over the years. Um, some uh, some that have worked, some that haven't worked so well. Uh, Google Glasses um, certainly has was priced out of uh, the mainstream's abilities. Um, I don't believe that uh, spectacles will be the case, um, but they are trying to uh, come up with some innovation that is uh, that's really going to be compelling and relevant to their audience. But what's interesting is um, you know I mentioned. Uh, Facebook and their Messenger Day earlier, and um, and uh, it's it, when you look at the news, everybody is trying to create a Snapchat uh, competitor program or trying somehow to uh, to replicate the success that Snapchat has had. And I find it so interesting, and and I wonder if uh, my audience feels the same way that in in such a disruptive tech world that we supposedly live in, where everybody's trying to out-innovate the other, um, how uninnovative is it um, to just try to copy Snapchat? Um, it seems to me that we're going to see a slowdown in tech innovation if we're not looking to create the next big thing and we're just trying to um, copy somebody else's success. So. To that, I say, you know, shame on you guys that you're not thinking innovatively and uh, thinking of something that is uh, a game changer. Because that's where that's where the thinking should go. That's where the funding should go as well, as opposed to replicating something that's already out there. Um, so I'd be curious to know what you guys think as well. I'm going to take a look in uh, in a second here to my live audience and uh, and converse with them and see what their thoughts are. So, um, but if you, um, those of you that are watching the recording or listening to the podcast, if you have, as always, any kind of opinion, comments, uh, feedback, uh, go ahead and uh, uh, use our hashtag Bogner Live. All right. And that's it for our show for today. So thank you so much for joining me. And uh, go ahead and, and use hashtag Bogner Live to submit that feedback, communicate with the show and for links to future live video broadcasts. And also be sure to visit wagner.live for replays, blog posts, and more. 
And as I said earlier in the program, if you're interested in, in learning about uh, the new agency that, and that just launched, it's wagneragency.us. My audience already knows this, but for those of you that may be new to the program, Wagner is spelled W-A-G-N-E-R. Um, until next time, this is Wagner signing off. <laughs> <laughs>